Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Don't Get Don't Connection, the podcast where David and I talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. This is episode number 52, where we're going to be going over the Wednesday Night Wars from December 2nd, 2020. We had Winter is Coming from AEW, as well as the Go Home for NXT TakeOver War Games, which we will be giving our predictions at the end of the show. Is War Games your favorite pay-per-view out of any brand all year? Because it's mine. I love War Games, bro. It's it's nice and tight. Five, six matches every year. Last year was four. I know. So that made it even better. But it's just super tight. It's not dragged out like your your WrestleManias and your SummerSlams. Even though those are all-star spectaculars. I, I love War Games. First of all, what a great stipulation match. The Dude, War Games match love, is I awesome. I just love takeovers in general, bro. I don't give me a takeover with five singles matches. That's all. I don't need stipulations. I don't need anything. Just give me five 20 plus minute matches. I will be a happy wrestling fan. That's all I need. Yeah. With that being said, AEW took the cake this week. Oh, yeah. For two reasons. We will get to those reasons when we get to AEW. Yeah, once we finish up with NXT because... we always start with NXT. What up? So here we go. So we knew this week coming in that we were going to have some very good matches. We were going to have the Shotzi Blackheart versus Raquel Gonzalez for advantage in the War Games match of the women's. Yeah. And then we found out that um, prior to NXT, there was an attack backstage with Legado del Fantasma getting in Leon Ruff's face and priest basically took out um what was no so priest was speaking with a um an upper man oh that's right that's right and he was saying that it's some other like lower mid card pc guy was going to be teaming up with leon ruff to go against legato del fantasma kurt stallion kurt stallion that's That's right right. that's right and he was saying oh kurt stallion was attacked or kurt stallion isn't available so i'll take that spot i'll Yep. Join up with Ruff because I want to make sure Ruff can get there. Can get to, to take over. Get to take over. So he, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, not no. Raquel, <laughs> Raul, Raul Mendoza, Mendoza, and Walking Wild get in his face. Walking Wild face eats a freaking door, garage door. Yep. So first match was Leon Ruff and Damian Priest against um, Santos, Escobar Santos Escobar and, and Raul, Raul Mendoza. Mendoza. Now, before anything kicked off, we had. Um, John Gargano was on, a, uh, was on commentary. Well, b- even before that. You had um, everybody from NXT lined up. Yes. Uh, Pat this past week, the passing of Pat Patterson, um, the inaugural Intercontinental Champion yeah. in WWE Which, history. Out of out of all the recent um, video packages for wrestlers that have passed on, Pat Patterson's was one of the best. Well, I mean, the guy's had a, a long storied career. Yeah. There's a lot about this guy. He that's had a lot of involvement with NXT, too. Um, Involvement with NXT, you look at some of the guys who came up in the 90s, like whether it was Triple H or mm-hmm. The Rock, he had his hands in a lot of that stuff. Sure, he had some duds with the whole evening gown match and being in the hardcore championship picture, but that was just, that was McMahon having fun with his friends and basically at that point, yeah. he, WWE could do, or at that time, the WWF could do no wrong in the Attitude Era. They had everything happening for him. Do you realize, so fun fact, Pat Patterson was the only legend to be out there to celebrate Sammy Zayn's NXT Championship win. Yes, he was the one to lift him up, put yes. him on his shoulder. Yes, because it reminds 
Pat Patterson and Sami Zayn are, are very, very similar. similar style wrestlers. Yes. They're very similar. Both internationally traveled, internationally recognized. I remember Pat Patterson, like he came a long way to get to the WWF at WWF at that time. And again, inaugural Intercontinental Champion. Great matches with Pedro Morales throughout his entire career. Yeah. He ends up getting into the WWE management positions in the 1970s. I think late 70s, early 80s. And he basically sat there for the majority of his life ta- uh, talent development booking writing great storylines oh, yeah. so he will be missed obviously throughout the wrestling world everybody's been paying their respects whether it's people from aew impact wrestling um obviously NXT, WWE, ROH, new R- japan exactly everybody knows who everybody. pat patterson is we get to the main mat the first match of the night and obviously johnny gargano does great commentary. Can best I? commentator in the world. I love how on their Instagram live, right before everything was happening, he was coming on and he's like, first of all, it's good news Gargano and bad news Barrett. You know, it, yeah. it was just great. The guy's um, a natural at everything. Can I just say that the way they've been having rough, I know this is a very minor detail, but the way they've been having rough carry the belt, it's way too big on him. But the way like, he wore it out today across the chest looked amazing. Well, Bailey. Bailey was doing yes. that. Bailey was doing the exact same but thing. But I think it works better for Ruff because of how He's skinny small. he is. That's why it's not a belt. It's a championship. Yeah. That's what Triple H it's said. It's not a champion. It's not a belt. It's, it's a cha- not a it's not a belt. It is a title. It yes. is a championship. Exactly. Because I remember when they first put it on him, it fell right down. Yeah. Couldn't even hold it up. Over yeah, when his waist. Priest hold, put it around his waist and let it go, it just dropped. Ugh. Well, this was a uh this was a very quick pace match. Mm-hmm. Um obviously you've got some really good workers in this match. Um there was a little bit of distraction that you saw happening on the outside of the ring. Some of those ghost faces were showing up again, distracting Yeah, There's Priest. multiple ghost was, faces. I now. think I think I counted three in total. One that was, there was on one, one side, on one side and, and then, then two the on the, match, the other. Uh, we're behind Gargano. There are three confirmed because on NXT's Instagram, mm-hmm. there was a picture of John Gargano with three ghost faces behind him. Okay, so there is three. So, well, technically there was four because one of them was Indy Hartwell because uh, she came out and helped yeah. um, Candice LeRae. Yeah. She took a bullet for Candice LeRae, which LeRae mentioned in the backstage promo mm-hmm. earlier in the night, but later on after this. Um, what was really nice was the dynamic between Peace, uh, Priest and Ruff to start this match. Like, Ruff's trying to tell him, hey, listen, I-, I can handle my own in the ring. Let me get in here and fight these guys. And then immediately he just gets, like, taken over by Pablo it's Escobar and... Pablo Escobar? Es- Pablo Santos Escobar. Escobar. Santos Escobar and Raul Mendoza. They it just was, basically... Re- they, they did what a real tag team does, which it's is a, a... Yeah, it's a very tag team match. Yes. What I noticed is one guy gets targeted, hot tag... Goes to finish. Yes. But which the, which was funny because Ruff blind tags himself in. Hits the splash. Hits, hits the, splash, the one, two, three. One, two, three. Over Mondo- Mendoza. Yeah. Yeah, because it wouldn't let Escobar which, take Because I was going to say, if Escobar took the pin and Ruff drops the belt this weekend, that's a big setting that Ruff could find himself in the Cruiserweight title. We could, but we'll get to that afterwards. Yeah. Um, but this was a, a f- very fun match. You know what I mean? Um, next match... Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. Versus uh, August Gray. Um, development talent, August Gray. We've seen him a little bit with the uh, Thatcher catch can stuff. Thatcher's th- August Gray, if I'm not mistaken, was... Um, oh, my God. Why am I blanking on his name? Hold on. Okay. Give me... Give me f- you speak about this match because I was remembering. Yeah. I've seen this guy so many times on the independent scene. So... Um, Pretty much a one-sided match, if you really think about it. There was a little bit of a comeback with uh, Gray in the match, but 
Cameron Grimes throws him off the ropes, hits his cave in, one, two, three, match over. It's all the post-match stuff that really, really makes a difference here because Grimes kind of... Anthony wa- Green. That's around. the guy's name. Okay. He was Anthony Green on the independent scenes. My buddy, uh, Tony, I'll call him out right now, DJ Tony D. He's a big, big, big... He's an up-and-coming videographer in the independent wrestling scene. Um, he's record- He's filmed so many good Austin uh, um, Anthony Green matches. Mm-hmm. Dude, this kid, this kid is killer. Retro AG is such a good wrestler. Okay, he will mark my words. In the next two years, he will be in the main event scene of NXT. Okay, all right. I'll put that right here. Within the next two years. Okay. So back to this match. Obviously, we know Caven by Grimes wins the match. He has his strap. He starts like tossing around, um, yeah. uh, Gray, Gray with this. And then all of a sudden, here comes Loomis and just starts oh whipping him with the with the um, whipping him with the the strap strap. So obviously, we know we're getting the strap match at NXT Takeover mm-hmm. between these two. Um, typical setup, you know how they usually go into takeovers with a heel character. He gets a strong win over a weak a weak somebody, you know, somebody mm-hmm. new developmental, yeah. and gets him going into uh, the takeover, which is really nice. Which I'm enjoying. Here was kind of a uh, a match I didn't see coming, which was Tony Nese and Jake Atlas. Now, apparently, they've been doing a lot together sure on, 205, on 205 Live, which yeah. we haven't been following. We haven't been recapping and stuff. We'll start doing that again. We were doing it pre-pandemic, and then yeah. we've kind of shuffled a lot of things around. We're trying to get and our there are back. more sh- shuffling around. There are some things in the works, and there will be some changes coming in the future. And we will announce those changes once they actually happen because we don't want to say, oh, it's happening, and then it's another two months before it happens. Yeah. Um, basically, this match was just one of them David versus Goliath type of things. Tony Nese is just a physical specimen. He's got all the strength in this yeah. match. And he started the match by taking what he had, which is his strength, and controlling the match. It took a dive to the outside by Atlas to start taking over the match a little bit more in his favor. Um Nice ended up getting Atlas in a uh, torch rack at one point, but Atlas hit him with a release German suplex for a near fall, and then uh, Nice was hit with a huge kick to the face for a close two count. Atlas finished it with his uh, tornado DDT that he finishes everybody off with. One, two, three. Nice gets a um, Atlas gets a big win over Tony Nice again. I don't know what the program's been on 205 Live, whether or not this is, um, if this is 50-50 booking, if this is the end of the feud, I'm not quite sure, but it's nice to see Atlas getting some victories in the division yeah. after he had a that really kind of poor showing against Escobar yeah, at the a, last takeover. Yeah. It wasn't a bad match or anything like that. It just it felt kind of thrown together. It almost felt like they didn't have a number one contender, so they kind of were just like, oh, let's give, said, yeah, let's give Atlas a chance. Yeah, let's give Atlas a chance. He will get another shot at the belt. Yeah. And they'll put together a better program. Oh, they will. I mean, once they get a defined number one contender, but they've also got to figure out this whole Devlin stuff too. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's still holding the belt over in the UK. Yeah. Um, To me, what was one of my favorite segments of the night gyv and imperium yeah first of all everybody everybody wants to see these two teams in the ring mm-hmm. these are incredible one one gyv great talkers mm-hmm. great talkers and imperium is just an excellent tag team Te- yeah technically i mean eichner and bartel i don't know if there's two better looking technical wrestlers the last as a tag the team. last tag team to go through nxt that is this technically sound 
is FTR. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Aside from maybe American Alpha, but they're more just shoot wrestlers. In terms of tag team professional wrestling, Imperium yeah. and FTR have a lot of very similar attributes mm-hmm. where it's ground and pound, classic tag team wrestlings, quick tags in and out. Keep cor- a guy in the corner. Corner uh, corner wrestling, yep. very little flips and stuff. Yep. They do have their top rope moves, but so do FTR. It's, it's, it's classic tag team wrestling. So the match was initially supposed to be Everize versus GYV, but Imperium attacked Ever um, yeah. at- attacked Everize. Well, <laughs> just so we're aware, Everize decided to finally get the the comeuppance when mm-hmm. it all comes out because this ended up turning into a no contest because, because of the fact that they e- came out and attacked them both. Yeah, they basically just um returned to attack everybody. Everize is with kind this of- statement is trying to say. We are not somebody to be, be messed with. Exactly. We're not to be pushed over. No. You know, we're not just these... They, People have said, oh, it's Ever-Rise. It's an easy win. It's whatever. These guys are jobbers or what have you. No, they're coming to make a statement. They're saying, we aren't to be messed with. We are a legitimate tag team threat. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. That. Yeah. Now we get to the main event program. Um, First of all... The pre-main event stuff with Shotzi rebuilding her tank. Yeah, and they have and now give this it, and, get, and getting the gift from uh, Rhea Ripley and, and uh, Ember, Ember Moon. Moon. Um, whatever that gift may be for the tank, who knows? This I hope tank is going to be incredible. If it's going to be a full-size tank with all four of them come out on it. She's coming out in Rusev's tank. They still have to have that somewhere. It yeah, it's probably just going to be repainted or something. That, I mean, that'd be awesome if she came out in Rusev's tank. But the only thing is. They might roll up to the arena in the tank, yeah, they but they're not coming inside. out of it yeah, because can't... it's the CWC. It is legit the performance center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She goes through the wall. Who cares? It, well, They'll rebuild it. I mean, they've rebuilt plenty of glass windows, plenty of mirrors and such whenever they have those yes. matches. So screw it. Let's build a new wall. It's Shotzi Blackout versus Raquel Gonzalez, and it's Shotzi Blackout, so you know you're going to get one scary bump throughout this match. And mm-hmm. oh my God, that over-the-top rope bump that she took. I mean... She puts her body through some real scary spots. She puts through, I wouldn't say to the point of Jeff Hardy, but she takes some Jeff Hardy-esque bumps. Yeah. Yes, she does. I mean, she, oh my God. The coffin drop on the floor, mm-hmm. like, it's it's incredible the spots that she's taken and that nobody's gotten hurt. Like, we talk about Nia Jax on Raw mm-hmm. and how all she does is hurt people. Yeah. And it doesn't even look like it's like that serious of a spot. Now, obviously, we never really got to cover what happened with Kyrie Sane, but yeah, that when, buckle bomb was when Ky- uh, she you was could screaming. hear Kyrie screaming. I'm not, I'm not set. I'm, I'm not, not set. set. And she just throws her like because she's bigger than everybody. She thinks she can do that stuff, and she routinely hurts people on like these almost simplistic moves, like what she did to Mandy Rose. Yeah. All right. Shotzi Blackhot throws herself to the wind. Hasn't hurt, I don't think to my knowledge, any other competitors. And she gets up after every scary bump. I'm afraid to see what she's going to do inside of War Games. Like, I'm legitimately afraid. Like, she's going to do She'll some She'll probably of, be on top of the ring, on top of the cage and jump to the other ring. Yeah. She's probably going to try to clear an entire ring. Yeah. Just, just, just to say that she did it. Like, she's a maniac, but I love her. Oh, love yeah. Her. She's perfect character work. She's the idea. She's the ideal of what professional wrestling is. A great 
athlete who just goes out there for entertainment value. She thinks she's a werewolf. I mean, come on. Yeah. She howls at the moon. I mean, what more could you want? And she used to ride out on a tank until Candace LeRae destroyed it. Mm-hmm. But, she's going to come back with a new tank. Yes. Um, We get the fourth member of this team, Shotzi's team. I, I was almost certain it was going to be Io Shirai. Yeah. It, it's telegraphed on the wall after Tony Storm's turn because what my thought was is it was going to be Raquel Gonzalez with Candice LeRae uh, Dakota Kai and Indy Hartwell, and then Tony Storm was going to be that fourth member. But then be- she turned her back because on then Moon. she turned her back. Indy's hurt, so that's that four. And you're like, who the hell else could it be? It's not going to be Indy Hartwell as a as a double turn. Yep, it has to be Io Shirai because yeah. who the hell else do you have? The, the only one that I would have thought, but she is legitimately hurt, is Tegan. Is Tegan Knox? Yeah, but she's but Tegan Knox has an hurt. ACL injury again, again. Another ACL injury. Talk about. Poor luck. I mean, oh yeah, that sucks. But, Unless you grab somebody from UK, but that what's the what's motivation the behind? There's that? no motivation. So this allows There's you total to, motivation with ESRI. This allows you to set up a, a championship program mm-hmm. out of this match, which is really nice. Um, Blackheart wins the advantage for her team. Yeah. So the two advantages coming into war games, war games is the kings of NXT. I like that. That's their nickname. That's what they're called. McAfee, Dunn, Lorkin, and Birch. And then, obviously, Team Shotzi, Team Shotzi with Blackheart, Shirai, Ember Moon, and Rhea Ripley. NXT was a good show. Yeah. The problem was they lost in the ratings by over 300,000 viewers. Yeah, give or because take. Because of, one, great promotion on the on the behalf of AEW because they, they put their championship match on a regular broadcast, mm-hmm. gave it a funky name. And it was almost like a Great American Bash or whatever, or Halloween Havoc. Oh, yeah, and, and, and it works because it gets viewers coming over. But you had two, the championship two match. major moments. And you had the reveal. Yeah. So let's go over AEW. Two reveals, technically. Okay, two reveals. So the show opened with the Diamond Dynamite Diamond Battle Royale. It's okay. essentially for MJF's ring. Yep. It's a battle royale that's slightly different. The last two competitors are the winners, and they have a match next week for the AEW Diamond uh, Diamond Ring. Yeah. Which currently is held by MJF. He won it. MJF is in this match next week against freshly squeezed Orange, Orange Cassidy. Cassidy. There were a couple standouts in this match. One was Orange Cassidy of with course, the win. Of course. And the other one was Miro. Because yeah. Miro went on a, a tear with like four or five eliminations in a row. So, go ahead. The go ahead. one thing I noticed about this is that they didn't build any new storylines in this. They pretty much just continued other ones where they had the stuff between Sean Spears and uh, Orange Cassidy. They had the stuff between um, Miro and uh, Kip Sabian against Joe Janela. Mm-hmm. They had that stuff continuing. They had the Dark Order stuff with um, Adam Page. They had where they're trying to bring Adam Page into the Dark Order. They had that kind of stuff. The match ends with MJF and Wardlow remaining in the ring, but Cassidy was never eliminated. He went out the bottom rope. I think he was eliminated, I'll put in quotes, or pulled out of the match by Sean Spears attacking him. Um, with him coming out either the second or the first rope or under the bottom or whatever, he never went over the top rope. He was out. He comes back. Or Wardlow comes out, jumps out of the ring, pulls him back in. MJF or not MJF? Orange Cassidy hit like 
four orange punches, which is a alternate version of the Superman punch, um, and eventually eliminates Wardlow. Huge. Orange Cassidy is going to win that ring next week. I'd be, I wouldn't be shocked because they've been high on Cassidy now for a while. Ever yeah. since, ever since his showing against um, Jericho, Jericho, they they they've been putting a rocket on this kid. Now, do you think the positive performance of one Miro in this battle royal has anything to do with the fact that WWE is pushing Lana? No, but I do think it's a shot at WWE. Like, hey. This is how you can book a guy if you treat him right. All right, but the problem is they've had him for several weeks and really haven't booked him well. It almost feels like they're kind of just giving him like this one shot in the arm well, right now. Let's be real. Until now, the best wrestler in the prof- in the world of professional wrestling wasn't booked all that great until this week. Whoa! You think Kenny Omega is the best professional wrestler in all of wrestling? He has been for the last five years, dude. He's not. Who was the best professional wrestler? AJ in the world? Styles. Between storytelling and professional AJ wrestling, Styles. Prowl- AJ Styles. All day, AJ Styles. I would say AJ Styles if he was in a in a um, professional wrestling promotion that allowed him to be AJ Styles. So tell me, tell me, WWE over the last, has squished him. Tell me in the last four years how AJ Styles has been squished. Well, he he beat Jinder Mahal. But he beat Jinder Mahal for the title. Okay. He's been beaten by Brock Lesnar. And what's wrong with that? A, a, a true wrestler, a true shoot fighter, beat a professional wrestler. What's wrong with that? Well, he's also a professional wrestler. He's not just a shoot fighter. Okay, but I'm just saying, what's wrong with that? Brock Lesnar goes in the ring and beats everybody. <laughs> he beat Undertaker's streak. Okay. Drew McIntyre beat him. Okay, but so, that's so but that's, by but process of elimination, <laughs> Drew McIntyre beat uh, Brock, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar beat AJ Styles. So okay, but by that means Drew McIntyre is the best wrestler in the world because he do, beat Brock. Lesnar. We can do that process of elimination with so many wrestlers through so many times. Randy tell Orton beat me, him. Tell me how right now WWE right has now squeezed, no no the four years they've had AJ Styles how have they squeezed him? First of all, greatest pop at any Royal Rumble, better than Edge's this past year, greatest pop ever. When that when when it hit, well, yeah, because he was the biggest wrestler in forever. Okay, but that hit, and they haven't missed a beat with AJ Styles since. But ever since Kenny Omega came into the Bullet Club, he has put on nothing but match after match after okay. match until he came into AEW. And AJ Styles was doing the exact same thing in New Japan, and because he went to the E, Meltzer doesn't look at him the same way anymore. Okay, well, so at- I would have a different opinion if Kenny Omega went to WWE, probably. Okay, but AJ Styles is better than Kenny Omega. If you put those two guys in the ring, AJ Styles is better than Kenny Omega. All over. And AJ Styles isn't allowed to do certain moves in WWE that he used to do under his own admission that he doesn't want to do the moves anymore. His springboard off the off the ropes. He cut certain moves. He he doesn't use the Styles Clash anymore. He was setting up for it the other night, but he doesn't really use it anymore. He tries to be a little bit more of a safer worker now. Now, yeah. But that's, again, his choice. It's not coming from management. He takes his time off when he wants to. He gives the rub to his brothers when he can. He he fought tooth and nail to keep Gallows and Anderson in WWE. He had him in the Boneyard match with them. Okay. So You know what I mean? I, I would take AJ Styles over Kenny Omega any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Okay. He's the best wrestler in the world. And you know why? Because he can play 
the full array of everything, just like Kenny Omega can. Kenny Omega can play heel, face, okay. comedic, okay. whatever. Okay, AJ's so better. How at about it all. this? How about this? Would you put AJ and Kenny Omega as a one A one B? No, one two. Okay, AJ, one two. That that I'm allowed. Listen, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Yeah. So that, your opinion is AJ Styles. My opinion is Kenny Omega. Okay. Let's get on to the next match for Winter is Coming. Before we continue yelling at each other. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, Jericho speaking of the greatest in the world, Jericho. Oh, he's another guy, too. But um, This was a great showing for Frankie Kazarian. Yes, it was. Oh, my God, yeah. Considering the fact that, um, what the hell's his name? Hager, Ortiz, all wanted to throw the freaking towel in. MJF did. Wardlow wanted to. Yeah. And then Jericho wins with a Judas effect. Yes. But the, I like the little setup after this because he doesn't see MJF with the towel. He sees his his little lover boy, Sammy Guevara, with the towel. And he's like, you know what? That's it. Next week, we're going to fix this. Or there's no more inner circle. Yeah. I'm calling it myself mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. We need to fix whatever's happening because the inner circle is starting to fall apart. Yeah, and you know when it started? When MJF found his way in. Yes. Well, when he lost the title. You can almost say when he lost yeah. the title. Yeah, but when he lost the title, it immediately went to, oh, I wouldn't be under, I wouldn't be overshadowed anymore. Yeah. I can guarantee MJF and Chris Jericho will eventually have a match to become the leader of the inner circle and this is the exact same kind of thing that happened with Bullet Club, where you had one guy leading it, another guy came in, stole the spot, and the other one fell to the wayside. I don't. I'm not saying Chris Jericho is going to fall to the wayside. Oh, no. he can't fall to the wayside. But MJF could be the one that eventually becomes the leader of Inner Circle after the rest of Inner Circle turns on Jericho, mm-hmm. and that's Jericho's face turn. Okay, that's when Jericho turns face in AEW. Your next match was interesting to put on such a big show. You have Layla Hirsch, who has been on Dark a couple of times, and she's an up-and-comer, but you almost have her get squashed by Baker. Well, Baker's the best woman in this division. Well, yeah. She's not champion, but that's because it's not convincing that she... Well... it's She doesn't need the belt. She doesn't need the championship. There are certain wrestlers who don't need belts. We've had this discussion before. That yeah. Certain wrestlers do not need championship belts. She doesn't need it. She's One, so good that she doesn't need she it. She doesn't need it. In my opinion, now that he doesn't have the belt, we'll get to... We'll talk about what happened later. Moxley doesn't need the belt. No. I wouldn't say Darby Allen needs a belt. No, he doesn't. I wouldn't say Cody needs a belt. Brody Lee doesn't need a belt. And that's just talking AEW. Yeah. These guys can tell stories just based on feuds. Mm-hmm. They don't need a belt to tell a story. Yeah. There are some guys in the WWE that would need a belt to tell a story. In my opinion... Well, there's some guys in AEW who need a belt yeah. to tell a story, too. Like, no offense, but... I don't the Bucks. The Bucks need it. Yeah. FTR kind of needs to yeah. be in that championship picture the whole time. I, in I my opinion, I, Lorcan and Birch need the belts to tell a story. They're not telling the story. McAfee's telling the but story. But I'm saying... Once this is done, they're going to need those belts to tell a story. Because once they f- once they lose those titles, they're going to fall down the card again. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about that. Okay, all right, all right. Moving on. 
here's where the first big boom happens. Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen take on Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. This is the continuing... They changed his name? They changed Will Hobbs' name to Powerhouse Hobbs? Mm-hmm. Why? Because well, he's part of that whole Taz thing, right? <laughs> it's not Angry Cage and Dashing Starks. No, it's Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs. And Will Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs. Will Hobbs. Whatever. You're having two guys who were just having a match tag team mm-hmm. between Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen, mm-hmm. which they're friends. That was friendly competition. <sighs> Why did I will say it? I said it off screen and I warned Dave. AEW is fucking recycling WWE talent. I've been saying it for a while. I get it. It's monumental. Stinger signed with AEW. It's huge. Don't get me wrong. Just like when, you know, (sighs) the thing is, he clearly showed his last time in the ring that he needed to walk away. Like he needed, he needed to retire. Yes. And as he said in his retirement, when he went and was inducted into the Hall of Fame, like he doesn't see himself ever stepping back into the ring. People lambasted Flair when he did this in Impact. Lambasted. Yeah. When he retired in 2008. When he retired perfectly in 2008. That was the perfect retirement. You had The Undertaker bow down to you. Yes. Perfect. And then he came back. the sunset? Came back, did his matches in Impact, and people lambasted him for it. And he came out even afterwards and he said he only did it because of the money. Why is Stinger doing this? There is a way that this could have been done that could have been a little bit more ominous. Like, they could have rewritten very similar to what WCW did when NWO was invading, mm-hmm. which is Sting's just in the rafters, he's just overlooking everything, and you don't need Sting to do that. You have Darby Allen. Exactly. You don't need Sting to do that. No. If everyone's comparing Darby Allen to Sting so well, just rewrite NWO with Darby Allen being written off for a couple of weeks, yeah. and then all of a sudden he just starts appearing in the raf- rafters. Yeah, he's that ominous character. That's it. That's it. You don't need you Sting don't need to do Sting. this. You don't need Sting to be in matches. Now, listen, number one selling shirt in wrestling history apparently is the new Sting shirt in, uh, in AEW. You know, congratulations. Sting's making some money off this. AEW's making some money off this. AEW got a big pop out of this. I, I don't know how long the contract's for, if he's actually contracted to do matches in the ring. I mean, if it's a one-off thing where he's just going to do one match... You know, it is what it is. We've seen other wrestlers who have done that. You know what I mean? We've seen other wrestlers who cash checks then, to do that. But then here's the question. Who does he have that match with? Uh, if it's not Allen, it, it, it's nobody. It has to be Darby Allen. Yeah. It has to be, it has to be a patch, almost a passing of the torch exactly. type of match. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It has to be Allen. But the thing is, is Darby Allen's not really a safe worker. No. Everybody gave Seth Rollins so much shit for almost killing Sting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, Darby, and if you look at Darby Allen's moveset, it's completely different. Darby Allen is a hardcore wrestler. Yeah, yeah. If Sting, like, if Sting couldn't maintain it in a match, again, he got hurt on a dangerous move. A buckle bomb is not a safe move. No. But there's ways to take it. He took one earlier in the match and didn't get hurt. It was the second one that hurt him because the match had gotten long in the tooth, and he was tired, 
and he didn't come off right, and he hit wrong. It and happens. the only thing is, if you're going to have a, a match with Sting, you're not going to want it to go 20, 25 minutes. No, and Allen needs that amount of time yes. to tell a story. Yes. It's simple. You can't tell a Darby Allen match story in less than 10 minutes, which is what Stinger would need. Yeah. So The only guy, which is not going to be a good match, but I could see him having a match with Taz. I don't want it's that. Not, I, I don't either. I don't. But that... With how he came out to face to face with Taz, aside from his face to face with Allen, because it's basically looking in a mirror, the only guy that makes sense for him to have a match with is Taz. Because you're not going to have him go against Cage, because that's a death sentence. You're not going to have him go up against Hobbs, because that's a death sentence. You're not going to have him go with, against Starks, because that is just a snooze fest. Don't get me wrong, Ricky Starks is an incredible wrestler. Him and Sting have zero chemistry. I, man, I've been saying this for a while that all they do is recycle WWE stuff. Like WWE wrestlers, whether it's Miro, whether it's Jericho, whether it's FTR, whether it's Brody Lee, what the list goes on and on and on and on. And there's no problem with that. They didn't work out in the E. You you're giving them another shot at a different. They're getting different a paycheck. Writers, they're getting... These professional wrestlers are working. Yes. Which is the bottom line, which is most important. Listen, it's entertainment for us. Yes. Right? And I know we're nitpicking and we're bitching about stuff, but at the end of the day, like Stinger, does not, Stinger does not need to be in this whole situation. Like, if you, if, give, if you give me a Sting Taz match, I'm going to lose my shit because there's al- no need for it. And also, the other thing is. It's not the complaint about Sting going to AEW. No. It's Sting going to AEW and the amount that he is. They're bringing him back to be an in-ring competitor is what it seems like. Bring him back to be that overlooking, scary, ominous presence. But you could have done it with Allen. You don't need him for exactly. that. Exactly. You don't. like If you're but, doing it for a pop, you're doing it for a pop. And it yeah. makes sense because obviously it got a pop. Everyone's talking about it, whether it's, whether it's us, whether it's... All the wrestling bro- um, podcasts, whether it's even ABC, ESPN, they're all talking about this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's big. Sting's back in the ring. But at the end of the day, you just write the you write the Sting storyline of NWO invading with Darby Allen, and you, you're you not having to bring in and pay another wrestler to do this. You, you have your guy. Yeah. You have him. He has all the hardcore chaps. He can walk out with the bat. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he doesn't even need a bat. He uses a skateboard. a skateboard. That's all he needs. The match was good. The match was fine. I, I love the fact that Rhodes and Allen have good teamwork. And another thing that we really didn't highlight here is the fact that obviously Sting had, had a great relationship with Dusty Rhodes. So that obviously plays into the reason why he may have come back is obviously Dustin and Cody are here. So maybe he almost feels like it's a a payback to the Rhodes family for everything that, you know, Dusty helped him out with early in his career, whatever yeah. it may be. Again, let's see where it goes. I just, I don't need, I, I do not need to see Sting versus Taz. I don't need to see it. No. Don't do it. You know what I mean? If you were going to do it, you could have done it so much longer ago, mm-hmm. back in the w, WCW, do ECW. You know what I mean? There's other times to have it done. So that's the way I look at it. Now that we're done bitching about this part of AEW, this is, in my opinion, the biggest thing to come out of Winter is Coming. It's the biggest thing to come out of wrestling in a, in a while, man. Not just Winter is Coming. The the whole arc here. First of all, Omega's officially a heel. Oh, without a doubt. De- the cleaner's back. Yeah. 
the cleaner Omega is back. Yes. He's going to start. He's just going to start. A Impact Wrestling and All Elite Wrestling are now in a partnership. Seems that way. This was, as Meltzer gave it, a four and a half star match. It deserves it. Oh, it does. For everything. Storytelling elements, action in the ring. There's a little bit of crimson, which is always nice because whenever you have a Moxley match, you're going to get some blood. And just the the ending element of the match. Oh, Tune In Tuesday. What do you mean Tune In Tuesday? Tune In Tuesday on TN, uh, on Impact Wrestling. Because Don Callis, the <sighs> owner of Impact Wrestling, came out and almost helped Moxley win the match. He did help him. He gave him the mic. Yeah. So this way you could bop Moxley. Bop Moxley, hit the one-winged angel, which... Most protected finisher in all of I don't know if we've seen it in, in in AEW before. We have. We have? Yeah, it's been on... I think he's used it once or twice in AEW. It's very rare. Yeah. He's healed now. It's coming back. It's his finish now. Yep. He's not... He's going to use the V-Trigger as a setup from now on. Yeah, he might that use it as a setup. That one angle is back. Yeah. He's not going to hit the one-winged one angel for someone to kick out of it. No. It's not going to happen. No. If he hits the one-winged angel... Match is over. Match is done. Yep. The only person... I can remember. I could be wrong because I haven't kept up with it. Was New it Japan. Naito? No. Was Kazuchika Okada. Oh, Okada. That's I think right. Naito probably kicked out of it too, but I didn't see it. I've seen Kazuchika Okada kick out of it, and he's the only one I can remember kicking out of the one winged angel. Yeah. It was probably during his seven star match. It was during one of their seven many, matches. When, many <laughs> matches they've had. The biggest matches in New Japan in the last 20 years. Ever. Yeah. New Japan's been around for, I think, 15 or 20 years. It's crazy. But great title change. Oh, yeah. Great story built here. Um, The working relationship, obviously, like we're saying, with TNA and uh, um, AEW, huge elements going on here. And like you're saying, Kenny Omega, the cleaner, he already has a AAA championship. Mm-hmm. He now has the AEW championship. He's going to win the uh, take impact against uh, Rich Swan. Yep. So he's going to hold those three belts. Don't be surprised if the working relationship between AEW and New Japan continues and he goes over there and he takes a belt. He might take the U.S. title off of Moxley. There you go. Um, there's also possibility that he might take the NWA title off of, um, oh my God, I can't remember the guy's name, the champ over at NWA. Um, he's had that belt forever. But it's just like there's so many. The cleaner is back. He's going mm-hmm. to just start, not even going to be taking names. He's going to be taking titles. Yeah, he's going to be gonna taking do. titles, and he's going to be running the running the uh, wrestling world. Essentially, he is going to be the one to match up with. Yeah, he's going to be running the non WWE wrestling. Yes, world, pretty much, pretty much. Okay, back to WWE. Now that we are done speaking about the Wednesday Night Wars and we have given our recap, we yeah, have, AW blew it away. By the way, we have predictions to make for Takeover War Games. Now we're doing this a little bit different. I've introduced something. There's a podcast that I really enjoy called Going and Raw. It's Stephen Larson. These two gentlemen, when they do predictions, they give confidence points. So how confident they feel about each match happening. There are five matches, so you have up to five points. You have five, four, three, two, and one. You can give each match one of those point values. The one with the highest total at the end of the match is your victor, like between predictions. So, I have my predictions right in front of me. He is getting his predictions ready. 
So, what we're going to do is we're going to do the singles, and then we will go to the two War Games matches. Opening, I don't think it's going to open the show, but opening the predictions, we have Gargano versus Priest versus Ruff in the North American title match. Who do you have winning this match? I have Johnny Gargano winning this match. How many confidence points? One. Okay. I have Damian Priest winning this match with one confidence point. <laughs> we even look at each other's cards. No. Cameron Grimes versus Dexter Loomis. Okay. I have three confidence points that Dexter Loomis is going to win this match. I have three confidence points that Cameron Grimes is going to win this match. Tommaso Ciampa versus Thatcher, Thatcher's Thatch Can, Timothy Thatcher. I have Tommaso Ciampa winning this match with two confidence points. I have Ciampa winning with four points. Ooh, okay. Team Shotzi versus Team LeRae. Four points for Team Shotzi. I have one point for Team Shotzi. How do you have one point for Team Shotzi if you have one point for Johnny Gargano? I have two points for Priest. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Team McAfee versus the Undisputed Era. Five points for the Kings of NXT. I have five points for Undisputed Era. All right. So remember before you were talking about Oni Larkin and Danny Burch and this whole thing where they need a title because they need to carry and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Pete Dunn's taking the title off with um, um, Finn Balor. The Kings of NXT are going to rule NXT. So McAfee... It's going to just be a great talking head. Pat McAfee is going to be pinned by Adam Cole. Absolutely not. Pete Dunne. The only way Undisputed Era gets a win in this, and we'll see how the cages are looking, but if we see bigger footholds on the cages in this match, mm-hmm. Killian Dane is going to make a return, and he's going to splash off the top of the cage. What does Killian Dane have to do? Remember, Killian Dane got his head caved in by Pete Dunne in the Kings of NXT after they took out his tag team partner. That's him getting back at Dunne and getting back at McAfee. And that's how that, Undisputed Era wins. That's how Undisputed win. Era wins. Undisputed Era is going to lose clean when Pete Dunne pins somebody. Nope. Pat McAfee's not pinning anybody. Pat McAfee is not pinning somebody. Two members of the era are turning. Do you think Strong and Fish are turning? Yes. Oh, my God. Yep. So Cole and O'Reilly are going to leave the only two faces in the match. Yep. You notice, like, the way that everything was kind of dressed up in their last promo? O'Reilly and Cole were sitting in the light. Fish and Strong were kind of just sitting in more of a shadowy position. So, this is why I want to say that's not correct. I've heard that prediction is that that's what's going to happen. The only reason I don't want that to happen is because the same freaking thing pretty much happened last year where only two faces left one of the War Games matches. Yeah, but that, those faces went over. That's the difference. And, it, and the only reason why two faces left... Is because one right. turned heel and knocked the other one out. Knocked the other one out. It wasn't. It wasn't for any other reason besides I that. I don't want another turn in a war games match. Is my only problem. I don't mind it if you're going because so, because they you, obviously they obviously see the strength 
in O'Reilly and Cole. Clearly, they've seen it in Cole for a long time. He held the belt for a record number of months and stuff like that. Record number of days, I should say. Okay? And O'Reilly truly showed what he could do against Balor. Yeah. Truly showed, like, hey, it's my time. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. And are McAfee, you, are you and thinking Fish and McAfee's Strong have money? So I'm not he, saying McAfee pays off. I'm just saying you're gonna see some form of a turn in this match. Okay, we shall see. And, and don't we'll, forget, you can lose. Uh, you can lose three ways in this match. Mm-hmm. You can lose via pinfall, via via submission, or if one of the team members decides to escape the ring. So is it you lose if you someone leaves the ring? Yep. If someone touch, if their feet touch the floor on the outside, your team loses. So, do you think it's going to be the fact that Cole, not Cole, Fish and Strong attack them and then just say, "Screw this" and book it? Who knows? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call that. I'm just saying that's another way that the match could lo- happen. I, if I had to pick a fall over anybody, I'm gonna pick Dunn is gonna pin O'Reilly. It's a possibility because that that puts him right on Bala's trajectory. Okay, that'll put him right on the radar. Yep, exactly. We'll see. Um, I I like where you're going with this, um, but we will reconvene about this um, on Tuesday when we have our predictions or we have our recap along with uh, Raw. So. I think that basically wraps this episode up. Yep. Of course, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can hit us up at Double Doink Network on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or our personals at Dave the Doink and at DJ Ald. Of course, if you guys liked it, definitely like, share, subscribe the show on any of your favorite streaming platforms. But I think that wraps this up. This has been a Double Doink Network production. I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we've got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.